Allahumma barik, what a way to start off this beautiful event with the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And wallahi, this is something that we, we neglect quite a lot, my dear respected brothers and sisters. It's the words of Allah. You see, before I go into anything, I'm going to tell you about a brother, a Jamaican uncle. He's about 58 years old, doing life in jail right now. Before he went to jail, he was a man that was living in misery, a man that, felt, uh, that lived a life of sin, alcohol, girls, drugs, and subhan al-malik. He, one day while he was drunk, he came back home. And he told me this when I was in prison. He said, I came back home. And he said, I made dua, I made the prayer. I didn't believe in God. I didn't know what God was or who he is. But I made a prayer said, if you really exist, then give me a new life. Give me a purpose. And sometime after that, it ended up catching a case and now doing life in jail. Four years into his sentence, subhanAllah, he got a dream. And inside his dream, bear man, he's never ever spoken to a Muslim. He's never even been in a mosque. He's never ever had an interaction with a Muslim. And while being in prison, this dream came to him on two occasions. The first occasion he saw himself blabbering a few words. He didn't know what this was. He didn't know if it was whatever language or even the language of the earth. But while doing his research and speaking to people on the wing, to the block that he's in, he found out that the words that he was blabbering was similar to the words of a Muslim on his own block. So we asked him, what do these words mean? And the words inside his dream that he received was, La ilaha illallah. He never took nothing to it. He said, you know what, this is Arabic, what does it mean? There was no worthy of worship except Allah. He put that to a side. He continued with his sentence a few weeks or a few months later. Bear in mind, he got sentenced to doing 25 years. A few weeks or months later, he got the same dream, but this time it was himself reciting those words around a companions. He had some friends, but he didn't recognize these friends. And alhamdulillah, he woke up and he started to say, you know what, this is the second time he got this dream. And it was the same words, but this time there was a difference to it. And the difference was, it is me that's reciting it. So he looked into Islam. And Allah be my witness. He took, he took his shahada in prison. And on top of that, look how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. This man taught himself how to read the Quran. This man taught himself, bear in mind, there's no teachers in jail. There's not a man that's going to come to your classes and be, and be like, you know, this is Elif, Ba, Ta, Tha, Jim, go to the gym, and so on and so forth. It don't work like that. The man decided to say, you know what? If this is a dream that it comes from my Lord, maybe this is my purpose. Maybe this is the reason why I did that, uh, that prayer before going to prison. When I asked the Lord if he did exist, give me a new purpose, give me a new life. I didn't expect him to put me in jail for life. But it took me to be in jail to find this new purpose. And that new life was being a Muslim. A Jamaican uncle of the age of 58 years old. Around that age anyway. The man that taught himself how to pray. The man that taught himself how to read the Quran.
So I'm going to ask you this, my dear respected brothers and sisters. You are people of freedom. You have time on your hand. When was the last time you read the Quran? When was the last time you perfected your wudu and your salah? You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. We know this. We've woken up today, another day, another blessing. We've got eyesight to see, nose to smell from and breathe, ears to hear and mouth to speak from. So our hands and arms and also feet and legs to walk. What was the last time you showed true gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And you better understand this, that no matter what you do in your life, even your body seeks permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every sin you commit, once it starts off with a thought, then you continue to do it with your legs by walking towards that sin. You continue to do it by typing with your hands, or the zina of the eyes, or the zina of the mouth, and all you all know, the zina that is more severe. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still shows you mercy to come back to him. You see, one of the ways where I knew the true mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is while I was sitting in jail, waiting in a hall like this. It wasn't as big as this, probably like a quarter of this hall. This was the visiting hall inside the prisons. And I remember seeing through a glass door from a distance my mother being searched. And when my mother came into the visiting hall with her modest where her putting her hands out like this and her being searched and in her teen, and her being told to go into a side room in order for them to check underneath her hijab the moment I saw that I started breaking down into tears inside the visiting hall and I said to myself for me to see my mother go through this I would never ever ever make her come back to this prison again but look at the mercy that our mothers have on us they go three, four hours of travel, three, four trains to get to you and visit you inside prison. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy towards us 70 times or more than our mother. And I'm going to say this to you, my dear respected brothers and sisters. We're not here to cut ties, the ties of kinship. And we're not here to backbite or slander the brother or sister that's sitting next to us. But it is time for us to move forward as one body, as the Prophet Muhammad described as one body. So if a brother or sister is hurting, bro, that's my pain. You're sad, I'm sad. You're angry, I'm angry too, bro, but for the right reasons. I'm not angry because you couldn't get the girl that you wanted. Relaxation, brother. There's plenty of fishes in the sea. You can get that along the way, inshallah. As Mufti Meng mentioned, when he was 18 years old, he himself wanted to get married to a sister. But his parents said no. He accepted and respected his parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with much more further down the line. And she just goes to show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes takes away everything from you. Everything from you. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to bury six of his kids. But he was still firm. This is a man that had to see his mother die in front of him at the age of six years old. And he was firm. On top of that, this is a man that didn't even have a relationship with his father. Nor did he see his father. His father passed away before he get to ever meet him. And we complain about our lives. 
And this is an ayah that's very, very, very dear to me. And this is an ayah that I used to recite constantly in prison. And I know sometimes when people come to me like, yeah, amen, if you don't mind me asking, bro, why did you go to prison? Akhi, have you got a time machine to make me go back in time for you to stop me from doing that sin? If the answer is yes, then Akhi, I will tell you what I did. And maybe we can go back to that day and stop that sin that I committed in order for me to go to prison. If the answer is no, bro, why am I here to expose my sin? As a Muslim, you're not there to expose your sin. And one of the reasons why I do these a lot of youth talks is not to expose my sin, nor is it to glorify the lifestyle that I lived. But it's all for you and every single person here and online or, in, or at home to learn from my mistakes. You see, the youth are crying for help and they're not there to tell you face to face. And this ayah, the moment I, the moment I knew the true meaning to this ayah is when I realized what it means to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ O oh my servants, he's talking about you, the Muslims, those that pray five daily prayers. Those, you know what? Those that don't even pray, but they're Muslims. By the way, I'm not saying that uh, Salah is not uh, important, let's make that clear, yeah? But some of us were Muslims by lip service. And some of us are Muslims by our actions and our etiquettes and our manners. A man cannot come to you and say to you, my brother, I don't pray, but I've got a good heart. As the hadith mentions, whoever knows sincerely in his heart, with ikhlas, believes in la ilaha illallah, the brother thinks, well, I believe that there is no one worthy, worthy of worship except Allah. So therefore, I'm going to go to Jannah even though I don't pray. This is not from a Muslim. But I'm not here to tell you that. But this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Oh my servants, he's talking to me and you. No matter how much you transgressed against yourselves, no matter how much sins you've committed, no matter how much vape you vaped on the way here in the car park, which I've seen here today, brothers, Allahumma barak, they open up the window, it's already a chimney inside, smoking all around. But no matter how much zina you've committed, no matter how much men or sisters you've spoken to, no matter how much man you've robbed, no matter how much people you've oppressed, oh my servants, no matter how much you transgress against yourself, do not despair in my mercy. And this is something that we continuously forget, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is telling you, come back to me. And sometimes you will lose every single person in your life, including your mother, including your father, including your siblings, including your kids. And Allah is showing you that it's only me you should turn to. Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un. This is something, as you lot recently know, in the last eight months, I'm going to be honest with you, at times you may see me laughing or joking around or bantering. Deep down inside, I'm fighting my demons. I haven't grieved over the death of my mother. And this is a story I want every single sister because sisters, with all due respect, you lot need to step up. You lot are the backbone of this ummah. 
And every single time I always asked, oh, you know, we're looking for brothers to come forward in order for us to do charity, to send containers overboard, you know, uh, abroad. The brothers are the ones that are being lazy. And do you know who's the first one that come forward? The sisters. Sisters that are single mothers would say, yeah, amen, just draw me a curtain so I am behind the curtain and let me deal with the clothes. Let me deal with the food and let me put it on the pallet. And the brothers are the ones that are going out the way, going to the shisha bars or going to restaurants or going to play football. And there's nothing wrong with that, apart from the shisha bars and all of that, yeah? There's nothing wrong to go into the gym and football and doing that. But when the ummah is waiting for you, when the call has come, you've never answered, bro. And it is the sisters that are the backbone of this ummah. It is the sisters that are raising men when their husbands are not men enough. It is the sisters that are raising men when their fathers are not men enough. So we've got to start with ourselves, man. And everybody wants to see a change in this world. But what about the change within yourselves? You see, my mother gave birth to 14 kids. Allahumma barik. But she had to bury seven. So I knew the struggles of what my mother went about a few years before she passed away. I didn't know that I lost all of those siblings because my mother kept it away from me. I was too young. But I lost seven siblings. And subhanAllah, one of the things that stands out to me a lot is that the connection that my mother had towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And through her mercy, she raised men. You see, one of the reasons why we're failing as parents, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to speak for myself, I'm a failure as a parent myself. And also as a husband. But please do not cancel me, sisters, yeah? Don't go online and start making videos of me. I admit it. I'm not the best of husbands, nor am I the best of fathers, nor am I the best of servants to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the mercy that our mother showed towards us, it just goes to show what type of woman she was. You see, on a daily basis, she used to go out on the, no, she used to go outside in the garden. And she used to pray in the garden regardless of the season, regardless if it's autumn, spring, winter, summer, you name it, it doesn't matter. My mother will pray inside the garden. Sometimes we will call her, mother, come in, come in. You're going to catch a cold. She goes, Abadan, yeah, amen. La, I'm going to remain here. I said, mom, you could pray inside. It's always, it goes, amen. I want to pray salat and tahajjud where there is no barriers between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a woman of our ummah. And this is a woman that our sisters should strive to go towards, inshallah. Because my mother was only striving towards to be one of the wives of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And two weeks before she left to go to Umrah, she gave money away to her friends and saying to them, if I do not come back, Give this money to my kids. She went to Umrah. She went to Medina first. And out of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah allowed her to reach Medina. And when she reached to Medina, subhan al-Malik, she said, Ya Allah, I have repented for every sin that I've committed. Ya Allah, I am ready to meet you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't accept her dua there. Allah wanted her to go throughout her, 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 her stages in Medina. And when she got to Mecca, she did the exact same thing. And the picture that I posted of my mother online, 
of her doing this in front of the Kaaba. This was the last picture she ever took. And she wanted to die in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When she went back to the hotel where everybody was getting their stuffs together, in the lobby, she didn't feel too well, so she stayed sitting down in the, in, on the seats. And in that moment, they brought her some zamzam water. She was reciting the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As she took two sips, first she took the first sip of zamzam water. Everything turned out to be well. Then she took the second sip of zamzam water. And in that moment when she took the second sip, subhan al-malik, when she went to go and do the third one, her body became stiff. And in that moment, she crunched up the bottle that she had in her hand. And that's when my brothers realized that Malik al is here. And that's when my mother returned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, I beat myself up every single day because I wasn't the best of children towards her. But I played my part. You see, my mother came first. And there's no words about it. But now that my mother's returned back to Allah, I've made it very clear that I can never love anyone the way, the way I used to love before. Because whatever love I used to receive from my mother, I used to give it out. But that love has been con uh, disconnected. Then a sheikh put me in, in my place, and this was, you know, one of the mashayikh that's around me. He said to you, Ayman, what about the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows you of waking up every single day? of still being a Muslim. What about that love? What about that mercy? What about the love of walking out of your house and providing for your family? What about the love of going out of your way to help other people and other people helping you? That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and love. And this is what made me come back to life again. It was like I was being reborn. And surely and slowly, I'm starting to share that love with one another. You see, whoever speaks against me the same way I show them mercy online and in person, I expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show me mercy in front of, in front of the ummah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in yawm qiyamah. You see, my dear respected brothers and sisters, no matter what my mother went through, no matter what my mother went through, there was one ayah that came to mind that she continuously recited. And I don't care what you take from this today, or either from myself as well. But whatever you're going through, whatever struggles you're going through with your husband, whatever struggles you're going through with your wife and your kids and your parents, recite this ayah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Qala innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah. I only complain of my grief and my worries to Allah. And I remember coming into the kitchen one day where my mother was reciting this while washing up. And I was sneaking up on her. And I continuously heard her reciting these words while she had tears in her eyes. And I said to mom, what does this mean? And then she broke down to me and told me, yeah, Eamon, no matter what we're going through, even though I'm a single mother, even though we went through the struggles of Eamon seeing you in prison or seeing my other brothers in prison, and coming to the hospital visits on numerous occasions where me and my brothers were getting stabbed up. We're not no victims, by the way. Alhamdulillah. Allah allowed us to go through that situation in order for us to learn from our lessons. And it was a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we didn't return back to him. 
But this was a mercy. I said, Mom, why do you keep reciting this? And this is from Yaqub alayhi salam, of the struggles of him losing Yusuf alayhi salam. And you think your life is hard. Look at Yusuf alayhi salam. He was betrayed by his own brothers. He was thrown into the world by his own brothers. And they came back to his father and said, Yo, my father, he was eaten by a wolf. You understand? And on top of that, what happened? He was seen by a caravan, taken on board, sold as a slave, put in prison. And then he came out and had the power of everything in that region because he worked under the king at that time. And look at his patience, and look at his struggle, and look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replaced him with. So now look at your struggle and your trials and tribulations that you're going through in your life. No matter what you're doing, the gates of mercy is still open for you. And I'm gonna end on this insha'Allah wa ta'ala. That the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa stated, for as long as the rattle of the soul doesn't reach the throat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is still there for you. So let me say that again. For as long as your soul doesn't rattle at your throat, the gates of mercy is still open for you. So remember that. Jazakallah khairan for your time.